You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe. And 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe. And worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Nine thirty-six. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio, IRLoneStar.com, Condos FM 104.5, 106.1, which is up, by the way. What's wonderful news? What are we back on the? Yeah, we're back we're on the really FM. We're really back on the airwaves. So that, that happens. And also, right now, we're broadcasting live on our Facebook channel, Dick and Skippy, in the mornings. Just look us up, and uh, it's going to be a great day here on Lone Star Community Radio's Dick and Skippy in the morning. Special guest today at ten o'clock. We're going to have Corey. D- Corey De DeLaGuardia. I can't, I can't pronounce it. Corey I am sorry. He is a local author, comic book writer, and of course a host of Nerd Thug Radio here on Lone Star Community Radio, which you can hear today at 2 p.m. Make sure to check them out at nerdthugradio.com. Uh, then we'll have more information as we have Corey in the studio. He's releasing. Uh, he released a new comic book, and we're going to talk about that. I'm very excited, and that's going to be happening at 10 o'clock. We're starting a little late today. We're getting things ready. Uh, and we're live, so now on to the show. All right, Sean, I know, you, I know you've been acting a lot, and uh, you got some shows coming up, but you know, let's talk about that later. Because when you when you get you're in a trailer though, right? Yeah, we they, talked about that. They released right? a trailer for a Jekyll and Hyde movie I was recently in. We need to play that trailer one day. Let's do that on Wednesday. We'll okay. play the trailer for folks. We'll play the trailer on Wednesday and. It is, uh, the cold front's coming, I know that. Yeah, I've got the weather up right now. It's so, currently in Conroe, it's 68, it's going to get up to 74, but then after like 3 o'clock this afternoon, it's just going to start nosediving. It's going to get down to the uh, 30s tonight and tomorrow. And then Tuesday's, tomorrow's high is going to be 46, the low's going to be 26. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Bringing I know, I know your plants I'm, and pets. Yeah, we're doing all that already today. And I think we're getting some rain around this wood, this neck of the woods, too. Yeah, the rain itself so, will start today, uh, right around the time the weather starts uh, getting colder. That's the way it goes. So, if 2 o'clock on. There we go. Okay. Well, uh, one thing I'm enjoying Bundle up is I was telling one. you off the air, I finally saw the Joker. The and Joaquin Phoenix. I saw the Joker. Joker yeah, the the eighteenth retelling of the Joker. Yeah. Okay. I would check it out. It was good. I enjoyed it. I think. Uh, I think it, it, what's nice is there's some quality people making it, so it wasn't. It was a well made movie, uh, and it definitely didn't try to go above what it was trying to do. Like which I felt like the <laughs> it would meet like very Suicide Squad. Well, Suicide Squad kind of like went for it. You know, and everything they're trying to do, everything out of out of control. And we can talk to Corey about this. Yeah, Suicide Squad kind of reminded me of Highlander too. Well, I mean, it's kind of just throw all well, the it's like what the world would the Joker sticks? drive a Lamborghini? The what? That's one. That's one thing I didn't really get. Why would the Joker drive a Lamborghini? Because he, because the Ferraris in the shop. No, I just don't see him caring too much about what kind of fancy car he has. That sounds too established. To me, my biggest problem with the Joker movie is it's the ongoing problem with the DC universe. They can't decide who to go with or what origin story, yeah. you know, for the well, entire I mean, Marvel universe. But that's what I liked about was, the movie Joker was they kind of just did it as it's almost like a, an urban style production where they're like, hey, we have a good story, we have a good we have a good actor, 
and we kind of everyone kind of knows what's going on with the Joker. So let's just see if we can make a straight performance piece. But see, so there wasn't any of, flashiness. Here's a question I have that I should have asked you earlier, but now that we're on the air, everyone gets to hear the yeah. question. How important would it be to the plot of this movie if it weren't the Joker? If well, yeah, were oh, Phoenix, go, you know, where it's just, think, he becomes a clown. I think the Joker element added that little extra to make it spe- a special type of movie for the, for a certain audience. Now, you could probably do some serial killer or thriller kind of movie with the same plot. I bet it's done before. I think they probably took a lot of elements from well, those stories. It's like the Halle Berry Catwoman so, movie that she was Catwoman in name only that they changed her name, changed her origin, changed everything to where it's like, why even call it Cat? We'll just call it Cougar Woman. Well, I will say what I enjoyed of this version, because we're probably going to talk about when Corey gets in, because uh, this is a controversial movie. What I enjoyed is they kind of portrayed the Joker and what I always felt the Joker was, which is like a chaotic... Uh, chaotic neutral. <laughs> well, no, he's it's always a, cha- a, chaotic, a chaotic person. And you never knew what made him the most dangerous villain in the Batman world. Is you never knew what he was going to do. Because he was willing to do whatever he wanted to do and keep change on a dime. Yeah, but see, so, no, let me throw that in there because it's interesting you say change on a dime. They have that character already, Harvey Dent, Two Face, who literally makes every decision based on the flip yeah, of a but, dime. But that's you know he's flipping a coin. Now Joker, you don't know when he's flipping. He won't. Sh- he's basically the one flipping the coin behind a door, so you have no idea if he's actually flipping a coin or not. Mm-hmm. You have no idea, and it just happens. And, uh, but I, I enjoyed it overall. I think if you're, and when the people are talking about, oh, this is going to inspire people and anything, what Holly even said, we saw it together. Yeah. Holly just goes, you know, it's, what I, she enjoyed about it was it really showed how a person can be crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause it showed the steps. And then when you see people who are absolutely insane, no one really understands the depths these people have developed to become this insane person. Cause people like that exist today who are like in a padded room. And going to be there for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she goes, at least this gives you some insight that it's not saying he's not crazy or he deserves not to be crazy. It's just, he's crazy. And this kind of gives you why he's crazy. And I think uh, a lot of movies don't do that well. They kind of just say, oh, his mom beat him. The end. Yeah. So, and, and I've talked about in the past that it just seems to be these remakes and reboots of iconic boogeyman characters. Yeah. Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger. Uh, Hannibal Lecter, they've all been and now Joker. They've all been given uh, uh, Michael Myers. They've all been given new origin stories, which forgives their serial killerness because well, they got beaten as a kid. Yeah, I just don't see them. They got I don't see them doing this movie in a Batman world because it's too, that's what I'm saying. It's so too unique. Like, why couldn't they have just called it the Clown or the Jokester or the the, the now wit? if they had a good team like they had on the Joker and they made you know if they made. Like the like t- for example, I don't see them making Joker two without Batman, but I don't see them making a Joker two because they go, well, let's just do a Batman with a Joker. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. the title won't be Joker two; it'd be Batman, and then do and do like a One Piece scenario because I think that's what they should really do. What happened is they got influenced by the Marvel people who it's like we're gonna do this thirty year whole deal where we're involving everybody and it's like no just make single piece movies and have fun with it like see see what they what they can make kind of like what they did where they started doing with like the val kilmer days where they had like a new batman maybe every batman or something like that and they all weren't really connected but then some of them were some of them weren't 
Like, I think if it works, you should continue. Kind of like the Dark Knight. They had that trilogy set in place mm-hmm. where, like, they're, hey, this this team works. Let's make three movies that are just three movies, no more, no less. And they didn't do spinoffs. They didn't do anything like that, which I really appreciated because I was like, oh, man, I'm glad they didn't go that route because we don't need to see that. Like, start something else. Now, speaking of spinoffs and continuations, today I enjoyed thoroughly a behind-the-scenes report of uh, there's this guy called oh he's, he's got like 15 million followers on Facebook but he's like a, he wears a mask and he 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 does behind the scenes from movie sets where he uh, you know he'll say this is a rumor but this has been confirmed to me by three different independent sources so whereas legally after say it's a rumor you can pretty much take it as as this is gospel and word from the set of the 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 Rise of Skywalker, is it the Rise of Skywalker, the, the the quote final Star Wars movie, is so bad that there were some test screenings of it. And this is like a twenty minute video. I'm I kind of you. watched it as I was prepping for my shower this morning or listened to it. And so they had these focus groups, and they watched the movie. And they said for Act One of the movie, the first third, they gave it like a sixty six score, which is decent. And then Act Two was like forty, like oh, okay, we're, and then Act Three, the the final third of the movie was like a four. It just bottomed out so bad, and so they kept on showing it to these focus groups, and that was pretty consistent. Well, focus groups are kind of hard. Well, then Bob to... Eiler comes in, who the head of Disney, who now owns Star Wars, and apparently he watched it and had a ranting meltdown during the screening and saying, "You're gonna fix this," you know. And so he gave them like all these notes saying rewrite it like this. So they reshot it, and so now the scores, you know, Act One is seventy something, Act Two is fifty something, Act Three is is better, but still not that much better. So then, the, so on based of that, they called in George Lucas to basically said write us something to get us out of this. You know what's strange to me about that whole saga is. You, there were so many opportunities or, or examples of what worked and what didn't work. They literally had six movies mm-hmm. to base it off of. And everyone, like, you can say the hardcore fans hated episode one, two, and three. Well, there's a great example what not to do. What not to do. Get and rid of midichlorians, like, get rid yeah, of dark like what, Yeah, and stuff like that. And then you, then you turned it into what it is now, which to me, I think there were, I, I really don't personally like them just because it, it, it's probably just it, to me. It changed the, the universe. They changed the like. For, you, I could say three things that kind of changed perception of what we kind of already knew. Like first off, that one, the suicide ship thing, mm-hmm. that would be all over episode four, five, and six because those were the rebels. Like they literally were do or die situations, yeah. and they never did the hyperspeed into another ship. Someone somewhere would have come. Up. I absolutely agree. And number two is the development of the force in this one. Where I was always under the impression how important being trained is, but then you have some person who's been a loner on a desert planet, and all of a sudden she can force pull things. So I was like, "Well, you also have Leia, who never exhibited any force, even though she's a Skywalker, never exhibited yeah, force power. And, and all of a sudden she can protect herself from the cold clutches of space." Well, I mean, you can, but see that the thing that's messed up with that is that all you need is a little prologue. It's like, oh, for the days after uh, days after last uh, Return of the mm-hmm. Jedi, is Luke and Leia went together and they trained. Well, like, there you go, solved I, it. If I may, you you kind of hit it on the head there that there's a new crop of directors or showrunners going out there that like, you know, I want to put, and I can give you three examples: uh, screen, TV, uh, big screen, small screen, and stage okay. that are happening right now. 
So in Star Wars, we have these new people who aren't Luke. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take this and run with it. And they're just totally Jackie or the Joker people. Like, okay, uh, we're going to make this a one percenter movie. We're going to make this, you know, just jack with the origins. Well, see, that's what's great about the Joker is they didn't jack with it. The only thing they did was they gave it, they, they know at the end, hey, this guy's insane. We know that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about realistically how how he's insane. Well, I saw that movie in the 1990s when it was called Falling Down. So, but no, that that's not the same though. Yeah, because there's no Batman in it. No. No, I, I agree. You can have movies that have similar themes. So, but what I'm saying is, I don't think it was important for it to have been Joker. But that they they made it Joker to sell it. If it had been the clown where it's about a guy that does the exact same thing, but instead of Joker makeup, it's clown makeup, the movie would have bombed. Every, same director, same writer, same actor, same everything. Uh, so you have that. Then on TV, on the small screen, you had the new showrunner last season for Doctor Who, which has literally been uh, suc- successful off and on, but you know a mainstay for 50 years, even when it was off the air for like 12 years in the BBC. When it came back, it came back with a vengeance. This new showrunner said, okay, so first they, they turned this traditionally male character into a female, which you can do, and it's in the universe because when they regenerate, which is, people didn't have that problem. But it became, oh, if you don't like the new Doctor Who, you hate women. Like, no, I hate what the, 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 the new showrunner said. We're not going to have any of the old uh, villains. You know, no, no Daleks, no Cybermen. It's all going to be new stuff. Everything's going to be brand new. And it's like this show has survived for 50 years on those. Yeah. So it really weakened it. It just uh, it's very polarizing. I couldn't even finish watching the series. And I'm like a hardcore Doctor Who fan. But it was just it became a, the social commentary of the week. And they had an episode where there was a, a they were making fun of Trump. You could tell. There was an episode where they were, were making fun of Brexit. And it's like these are no Doctor Who doesn't do that and then on stage so you have these things you have this new hot hipster director who he's redoing um west side story you know the classic tale it's a basically a 1950s gang version of romeo and juliet okay and it's got songs uh like somewhere and i feel pretty and he's completely revamped it to where he's cut songs you know like Cutting the songs that make this the musical, cut you know, making it a one act, making it like one percenter again, just this big social commentary, and then casting a male character who not that long ago was fired for sending out topless pictures of of dancers in a previous show he'd been in, was fired and then sued, saying, "Well, you know, I." Just because I'm a pig for this doesn't mean I should be fired from the show. And actually, arbitrators agreed with them. He was they were forced to make him come back on the the show. So you have this, but you have this director going, yeah, well, because I got this brave new vision. No, it's stage show. You know, musicals like that aren't to be jacked with. But you have this new crop of directors and showrunners who just feel it's their moral obligation to to. Instead of coming up with something new, take something established and put their stamp on it. Sometimes it works, like the Battlestar Galactica reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it fails miserably in in these examples, in my humble opinion. I mean, it's also with the new age or the coming age of <clears throat> of technology and also storytelling, a lot of things change, especially it's kind of hard to do Star Wars. You can imagine 
filming and like when was the last one made? It was like 1989 or something like that. When was the, when was the la- when was the Return of the Jedi? Oh, that was 84, 84 and then they took like a 20 year hiatus or something like that and you can t- kind of tell there's a difference between the way they wanted to shoot and all that kind of stuff and tell the story. But it, I don't know why. But for all the badness of the prequels, they were still under Lucas's control. It was like, remember, Lucas is famous for reshooting himself. You know, oh, every time he came out with a thing, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make uh, Jabba the Hutt non, you know, he was a human originally that they cut out the footage. And then they made him the slug creature. Guido shoots first. You know, he's always redirecting himself, uh, you know, or whenever he made a mistake, like, you know, the Kessel Run and 12 parsecs. People going up, parsec is a distance, not a time. And so he's like, well, no, he said parsecs, meaning per seconds, per, you know. As, as, as much as Lucas would mess it up, it was at least his vision. So it was like, okay, you know, it's hard to say you're wrong when you're the actual god of this universe. But unfortunately, with now, I've, I love The Force Awakens, and I thought J.J. Abrams did an awesome job with it. But then it started to get committed, and same thing with the new Star Wars movies. I love the first one. It was bold. It was different, different enough. Um, but then you could tell how other fingers start getting worked into the mix. and Because J.J. Abrams is part of this movie, but it's I don't think it's him. And like I said, Eiler saw it, had a meltdown. He said, reshoot it this way. They did. And it's not that much better. And then they had to bring in George Lucas. And apparently Lucas's answer to this, and I'm going to give a spoiler, so plug your ears for 15 seconds as I say this next thing. Lucas's answer is that there's going to be a, a secret Skywalker, one we've never seen before, heard before, or uh, and that that's what the Rise of Skywalker is. There's, so it's a deus ex machina thing, God in the machine, where it's like, oh, man, if only we had another Skywalker. But wait, here, here he or she is. And, and, the they can, and then it gets really Game of Thrones on you, where Luke and Leia really had a secret love child. Well, you is know, that where we're going with it? There is a book that's canon, and it's called uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. And uh, in that book, it is highly implied that they actually did. And you know who I enjoyed uh, listening to this week, Rick Baker. Uh, oh, I love him. He's a make- costume makeup guy. He started doing he, Halloween stuff in his garage. Back yeah, in the 70s. And he's been on a lot of podcasts. And he was, of course, on Joe Rogan, and it's interesting to hear the Hollywood side because you talk about you know going through committee and him and trying to. And he said that he he said because uh, Joe asked like what's what is your process compared to CGI? He said the biggest battle is all his process is pre production because CGI can be done in post. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to actors and you know setting uh, the set design and everything, they kind of depend on. Rick to kind of develop all this stuff before they even turn on the camera. And then he goes, a lot of times they don't really think about how long it takes to make a monster suit. So he's gone, he's done projects where it's like, oh, you have two weeks to do it or you have all year to do it. And he's like, he usually has more success when he has all year to do it because he's in constant communication with the director and what they want. And he, and I don't know if you, if people look up Rick Baker, he's been involved with a lot of big movies and all, a lot of great, like. He was responsible for American Werewolf yeah. in London for just like he, so much. He's I didn't so realize good. he won an Oscar for that. Oh, yeah. The, and he was in his 20s. That was the first. I, I watched that when that came out. So. And that was so in your face. Now, nowadays, it didn't age well, particularly, but at that time, it was. Staggeringly good. Uh, just uh, you know, I, I kind of glanced at comments, and the listener Brett asked, wondered what Stephen Sondheim, who wrote the music for West Side Story, thinks about it. 
he's dead, but his estate is uh, uh, gave the thumbs up for some crazy reason. I mean, they get me more. Money. Here's the thing: it's guaranteed to bring in a lot of money because of the the well, shock didn't, value. That didn't Steven Spielberg. Yeah, he's going to do a film version, a, a reboot, yeah. uh, but the tradi- traditional, which is basically same song, new actors. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm not a I'm curious with that. Like, I love the Battlestar Galactica reboot. I loved, for the most part, the Star Trek reboot. It was an interesting way to take it into a new direction. But I have a problem with the forgiving of, of bad attitudes. With Well, he was bullied, so it's okay. No, that just, that's my problem. I don't think people are going to be inspired to go out and beat up other people on subways because of the Joker movie. Much like I don't think video games are responsible for school shootings. Um, I think that the, there may be catalysts, there may be things that help, but if, it, it, I think the baseline, if there's a mental illness, you can't blame a video game on mental illness. Or did I get that backwards? You can't blame you can't blame mental illness on a video game, is what I meant to say. I guess in my I don't, humble I don't think opinion. there's ever I don't ever think there's a straight answer when it comes to that. No, kind of and stuff, I'm, I'm being so. very general here, but like if you remember, we were talking about Dark Knight when they had the Dark Knight Rises, the third movie, when it came out, and that's when the that shooting happened in the cinema, that horrible shooting, and it was during that movie. And it was near the scene where the bad guys are uh, nailing the stock exchange. And, of course, the knee-jerk reaction was, oh, that movie inspired... No, the movie had literally just come out. It just serendipity. Well, not even that. It's like... Batman did not... The Dark Knight did not make this guy go into the thing. He would have gone in if it had been the friggin' Care Bears movie. But, so, again, the wrong argument was being pursued. Well, one thing Instead that's of going funny, after Batman, now, you go after the with, mental illness. With the, like the, I've been watching the Watchmen stuff. The, the, HBO, new TV the new series. TV series, and I will say the first two episodes, I was like, "Man, where's this going?" Because this, the, it reminded me of what you were saying, commenting on the Doctor Who, where it was very current, you know, current climate writing. Why call it the Watchmen if it's not the Watchmen? And the then finally, thing? they started in like they were, and I, again, you got to give it the whole book. You can't just judge it by the first couple chapters. And that we watched the third episode last night because I told Holly, "I was like, I really don't want to watch this because if it's just the same as the first two episodes, like." I don't really care too much where it's going. Then they far, they finally started introducing the Watchmen characters because in the f- first episode they kind of had posters and stuff. They mm-hmm. didn't have the characters from the Watchmen. Now they started having it, and I was like, all right, I'm, I can dig this now. And there's some uh, really good, uh, really good scenes with the previous Watchmen in it, and it's kind of fun to see because I like those characters. They're fun. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. I would like to get. I, I don't have HBO, and I don't intend to have it. But I, I would give that a chance. I, that's why I loved uh, that other one, The Boys, on Amazon Prime. And one of the, I'll tell you why I loved it as much as I did. And if you don't know what it is, it's a uh, a dramedy. It's it's a drama, very violent drama series, but there's a lot of comedic elements to it about like real life superheroes in our you know real world. Um, but uh, I had accidentally messed up my Amazon. Prime when I started watching the series, so I started watching episode two, and I was probably about twenty minutes into it before I realized something had happened that I, I was was not on the first episode. But it was so gripping and engaging that for twenty solid minutes, I was like, "Okay, I, I have questions, but I'm going to get these questions answered." And I was just the, the the characters were fully realized, and there was no oh, give it a couple of episodes or give it three episodes to look at it. It was there. 
So for me to not even realize I'd missed the first episode, then I went back and watched it, and I was I was engaged right away. Now I had that issue with the Joker because I didn't realize I misread the ticket, and mm-hmm. I walked in and I was like, "Oh, it's our theater," and it was the end of the movie. And I, like <laughs> we sat down, we started watching. And I was like, "It's kind of a strange way to start the movie." <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh," I looked at my ticket. I was like, "Oh, I'm like 30 minutes early." So <laughs> oops, oops. But uh, you know, Gene Smart. Do you know who that is? Yeah, from Designing Women. Yeah, she plays uh, who you think is Silk Spectra, but older. Oh, because uh, Carla Gugino played her in the movies, and they yeah. aged her up. And she, uh, she's great in that episode. I was like, all right, I, I can, can get, see I Gene can get, Smart. I can get behind this. And uh, well, give me your password to your HBO Go account, and I'll watch it. Yeah. Well, I got to check out the new Jack Ryan. I got to check that out. That's on the watch list because. Uh, uh, I started watching that series not expecting to like it at all because Jack Ryan, I loved the books up to a certain point. And the whole point about them is that he wasn't an action figure. You know, he, in the CIA, you've got analysts and you've got operatives, and they're two different people. Uh, the analysts, uh, the operatives get information from satellite intelligence or human intelligence or electronic intelligence, and they give it to analysts who break it down and figure out what the patterns are, and then they send it back to the yeah. uh, operatives. And so when I'll, I'll make this quick, when Jack Ryan first came out, the, the Amazon series, I thought, great, they're making him an action hero. However, the series pulled it off very nicely about he just happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Definitely going to watch season two of that. Okay. Cool. Jack Ryan. We're so up. we got special guests coming up in just a second. We'll be back. Yes, sir. You're listening to Dick and Skippy in the mornings. We're going to learn about another day at the office. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpunk Coffee. Beanpunk Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit BeanpunkCoffee.com see our complete list of special events. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question, comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station on IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936 941 8778. 
Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from many sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Hey, we're back. 1005 on the dot. Our Woo. special guest is uh, delayed, possibly for like days on end. So we're going to keep on going here. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, mea culpa. Yeah, I said uh, Stan, I was dead. I, I thought I meant to say uh, Bernstein was dead because uh, Stephen Sondheim, for West Side Stories, Stephen Sondheim wrote one part of it. London Bernstein wrote uh, the other part, the book and the lyrics. Oh, the good part. <laughs> well, you know, it was frequently just collaboration. And my, my brain just got totally kerfluffled on that. But luckily... Brett listens to keep me somewhat Well, our honest. guest is two minutes in, out, so he'll be here joining us very two soon. Two minutes very out, Very excited okay. about that. But um, well, you, you want to cover some topics until he gets there or throw him in the deep end when he shows up? Yeah, that's what I told him. We'll just walk in. Okay, walk on in. So <laughs> I know we were – I kind of wanted to bring this up, and you've been talking about it a little too, is the, is the Project Veritas video of that lady on Hot Mic, I guess they're calling it, and yeah. talking about the Epstein story and why they killed it. And now apparently they fired a lady who was interviewed by Megyn Kelly, basically saying she had access to the video. From what I understand, is her digital thumbprint was left on the video, mm-hmm. and her reasoning, the young lady who was fired, was because she's her job was to collect clips and to save them, and that was part of it. Where they, she says she uh, do that, she does that all the time because of they use those clips for. Correct. Backroom fun and like they kind of do whatever. Kind of like at the end of the year, let's do some bloopers, let's do some things. Right. Which I mean, I don't really know. The how termination my... was near instantaneous, and this was a very rare cross pollination yeah. of two rival networks working for a goal, which to me is very suspect. So this uh or a reporter said that she, you know, on, on the hot mic, said that was very frustrated and said there was proof, there was a story, and that ABC killed it. And then when this, when Project Veritas released this, uh, ABC said the, uh, uh, 
they felt the whistleblower because of the digital footprint. They did a very quick search into that and said, oh, she's not working at CBS, at which point CBS immediately fired this gal with no due process. Now, of course, you can fire anyone for any time, blah, 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 so forth and so on. It's not like a court of law. But this is funny because ABC's response to the original reasoning for cutting you know, the story is saying, well, it didn't meet our rigorous standards of of you know verification for the story even though this lady said there was smoking guns and proof and so forth and so on but this is the same abc news that not three weeks previously had put up a kentucky gun range to say it was syria and so i'm trying to figure out where the rigorous standards are this woman was fired and then said as you said my digital footprint's on this there was it smacks. Uh, well, that's not surprising. It smacks, in my opinion. Well, the, w- one thing I wanted to ask, the reason I want to bring this up to you, you can take a seat, Corey. Just stay down, man. Well, the reason I wanted to bring it up was I was thinking about the years of evolution between politics and the news and the way people consume information. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're at like a hybrid now where the Internet age is having a lot more footprint or influence on people. And... Now we're having individuals who do their own YouTube shows, who do their own podcasts, who seem to have a wide base, like like almost you could say almost as big as say like an ABC News. So like a Joe Rogan, for like instance. a Joe Rogan, or like I mean, there's a lot of political talk shows. There's like PewDiePie, who's huge, and I, I know that that's not necessarily political talk, but it's more of influence. I'm talking about influence mm-hmm. who people eyeballs on the TV or ears listening. And I'm thinking, you know, ABC has gotten to this point after how many years been on, on the air? Well, World so, News Tonight's been on the air for like 50 years. So they, act, they have a system. They have a lot of people working there. There's a lot more responsibility in putting something on the air. But then you have these other people like PewDiePie would love to see his production. Because like, I know it used to be just him. But then at one point he's like, I need to hire somebody. And this person needs to be handling this part. Mm-hmm. And then at one point you become so crucial or it's like your job is so important. Don't mess up this fact check. Mm-hmm. But then now it's like you're these news organizations are so big. No one really it's almost like no one really knows what's going on outside the camera. Like so that we just trust this one person who's sitting there telling well, us. Well, that's stuff. the thing. Let's go back to the Kentucky gun range thing. We never found out who was responsible. One person we don't, made a decision. I mean, does it really somewhere. matter? Like, yeah. I don't because know. in the old days it would be this person failed in their duty to edit or, or to verify this video or this person purposely did it to, to promote an agenda they are out of here because they don't that's what doesn't stick to with our standards so abc's going oh we have all this proof and this this 18 month long in, in the making story on epstein and the ties to the clintons and and trump's i don't care if it, who, who it was <clears throat> but it didn't meet our standards but we're still but Three weeks previously, we're going to throw this video out there and not even tell you who was responsible for it. Well, I don't think anyone really wants to, like, the, those news people don't really want to know. They don't want to do it. They'd yeah. rather report something Well, here's else. the thing. When you can't name a person, that means that there were, there were people involved. Yeah. And that's the whole point. Not even a scapegoat. They couldn't even find some mail clerk as a scapegoat to say, yeah, you know, tell you, we're going to give you a severance package from heaven, but you got to take the fall for this. They well, I do enjoy do now the, the culture... Epstein didn't, or Epstein didn't kill himself, kind of stuff that's popping up in those random spots. Because, but think, okay, so yeah, I laugh at some of them too. But th- we're cracking jokes about, at the very least, oh, well, a suicide, but at the more likelihood, a conspiratorial murder, and yeah. we're cracking 
Where's Alex Kid, Jones on this? Kitty What's his stance on, on this conspiracy? How is he not making more money from this? Well, you were talking uh, just a moment ago <clears throat> about like how c- someone can maybe get so big like a Joe Rogan. How you know? Yeah, I don't think influencers are the issue in the sense that <clears throat> on the left you have like your Alec Baldwin's or your Robert De Niro's. Okay, they're not winning anyone conservative over to their cause every time they they say screw trump or whatever conversely on the right you have your rush limbaugh's and your sean hannity's i don't think they convert anyone saying you're absolutely right i think what happens is people someone who sees the evidence or or or, or sees what's going on around them makes a decision about you know what i don't like i hate the president i don't like the president this or that and then they look towards the left and who's the loudest voice? Alec Baldwin or, or whomever. It's that's who they latch on to. And the same thing. The times that I've listened to, like, Hannity on the air, and you get your, you know, your people calling in, and some of them say, I'm, you know, I've, I discovered that my politician was crooked or this and that, or I was paying too many high taxes, and that's when I found you. So I think the decision's already been made. So I don't think either end actually influences someone to change their vote. I am pretty confident that Robert De Niro has not converted one vote from Republican to Democrat for all his ranting and all, every time Alec Baldwin's been on Saturday Night Live, they're just they're they're preaching to their own choir. Well, I, that's what I was trying to say. Is I don't think ABC the right. has the influence they think they have. No, Well, they do in the sense that when you say we're the world news and we're going to not only decide which portions of the news to give you, but also our take on it, our slant. It's not even half the story. It's a quarter of the story. Because when you give half the story, when you have a political agenda, whether it be left-wing or right-wing, and I'll throw Fox News on, on the right to counterbalance CNN on the left, both have an agenda. So they'll give stories skewed to their side for the most part. So that's half the story. Uh, where they choose, Well, first off, they choose which stories to promote. And if it's, uh, you know, Fox News will have... We only have so Trump much airtime. Alabama. Well, we no, only Trump, have so much airtime. So. You know, Fox News will say, you know, the the folks at the Alabama Stadium for, that's for one this thing game I love. went bonkers. That's what I love about that stuff is, like, you, you have social media in between where you can see certain... You have access to certain... Th- more information than what, like... A Tom Brokaw would tell you. Well, on watch more World than news one tonight. In, intake more than one news source. Do three or four. Get the liberal ones. Get the conservative ones. Get the the foreign ones. You know, take MSNBC, Fox News, and Reuters, or BBC News. And from the three of those, somewhere in the middle is a truth that you can wrap yourself around. In my humble opinion. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get our guests on. We're going to get Corey We'll be right back. You'll talk about comic noise. book stuff. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpoint Coffee. Beanpoint Coffee is open with two locations. 
Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpunk Coffee. Beanpunk Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Path to the Plate is a research-based education program that helps consumers understand how their food choices impact their health by making the connection to agriculture. Learning about how food is grown and produced and how consumers can make better food choices for themselves and their families, Path to the Plate is all about dispelling myths and misconceptions. Find out more online at pathtotheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpunk Coffee. Beanpunk Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Have a legal question? Are you a resident of Montgomery County? Call 281-645-6344 to talk to a volunteer attorney from the Woodlands Bar Association. We answer the phones on the first Monday of every month at 281-645-6344 from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. to provide general legal information and information about legal resources to Montgomery County residents. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today? The sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted. Core Love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti, Honduras, and India. 
We bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water, proper food, health care, education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org. That's C-O-R-E-L-U-V dot org. Will you help defend the orphan? Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast. Create your first YouTube channel and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 936- Six four seven three seven seven six. Okay, here we go. So uh, we're back with a special guest in the studio. Uh, Dick, who is it? <laughs> That's right, three under the bus. You're not giving me there. Okay, just read so the description. Welcome back, right? To Dick just and read Skippy. the description, guys. You're good. Welcome back to Dick and Skippy in the mornings here on a Monday morning, 10:20 on the dot. We got our special guest, yeah. Corey De La Guardia, or he as, probably said that wrong too. As white boys like me say, De La Guardia, De La Guardia. <laughs> Corey is in the studio. That's name. right. Nerd Dog Radio, uh-huh. and also a local author and comic book author, 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 author. That's correct. He's Arthur, not a flat. Like he's it. not a flat earther. Yeah, we no, don't know that. We'll find no. that. Nobody. You know what we should do is, is we should come earther. up with like five standard questions we ask every single guest, and one of them would say, "Are you a flat earther?" So <laughs> we can just get a base of like we can judge you in one way or another. Okay, that's another thing. Would I'm you not... do that at the top of this segment or the bottom? I'll do it at the very beginning. Yeah, so the, just right so at the, the very listener, beginning. Listeners, like, it's, all right, like we don't the, want to deal with yeah, this. Yeah, never guy. mind. It's like the polygraph baseline <laughs> question. No, I think you got to let them say whatever they're here to say, and then towards the end, when people are like, "I think I believe them," then you're like, "Are let's you? Get, a, let's get the mic in front of you. Are you a flat earther?" And then they go. Oh yeah, and then you just oh well, then we just lost the last twenty minutes. Yeah. Oh, I believe <laughs> now in my, we know. I believe in my heart of hearts that I can truly count on one hand the number of actual flat earthers are in the, on the planet right now. I I don't know, man. I thought so too, and then I saw that documentary on Netflix. Well, okay, the, uh, let's be let's be honest. The internet brings people together. We all know that, and there's a lot of weird people. So now they're any type of scenario, any type of belief is going to get some ground. And like that's what but I love. But it's atypical. Well, no, that's why I love the conspiracy theory right now. Is Kanye West? Minority. Kanye West is starting a cult, and that's what his move is. His next. <laughs> well, Jared Leto has one now. Have you not noticed this? I don't. It's, know. it's where you Jared Leto from a... Thirty Seconds to Mars. He he's now living on an island, and in all the clips of the videos I see, it's him and like sixty women. And they're like in the like the white robes. It looks very David Koresh. Like, so do you think he's gonna buy Jerry Epstein's island? Uh, he well, he has his own. I mean, why even upgrade? Yeah, but that's like you gotta buy <laughs> the that. Built right? yeah. <laughs> the built-in dungeons. The built-in dungeons. How would you like the be, amenities? Dude? How'd you like to be the realtor on that listing here? Well, that's like uh, what was the fire fest was supposed to be on? Uh, <laughs> on oh uh, yeah, what's it? Pablo Escobar's Pablo island. Escobar's island, and then it turns out he forgot to pay for it. So, so they had to go to a smaller island, Pig Island or whatever it was called. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, you guys were talking about this, and I, I got to come in and hear it. it there's definitely a level of the internet brings a lot of people together, um, and so it creates validation for these like crazy ideas, right? There's lots of the flat earthers and all that. They probably were people who were totally alone 30 years ago, and you know, after a couple beers, they tell their buddy, guys, I don't think the earth is round, and everyone's just laughing at him. Like, you got to get Todd a couple beers, and he's going to tell you a dumb story. <laughs> but now, because he could start his little web forum and 92 people yeah. joined it, he's like, guys, I found 93 other people who know the truth with me. Well, just watch those ghost shows. 
Oh, I love the ghost shows. Well, that's what I'm saying. I love like, them. it's entertainment yeah. at one side, but then it's like at one point, this person who's a flat earther is going to be a congressperson. Right. Well, and it's just like, well, that's what I love. What was it? Uh, you know, the news, the election was uh, last week. Mm hmm. And one of my favorite ones that I noticed was they were talking about Muslim Americans becoming Congress people. And I go, when are we just going to start hyphenating American for everybody? Right. Because, <laughs> like, isn't Muslim a religion? Or yeah. is, so it's like, so now I have to be like Christian American. And then I was like, I wonder if they started doing that for every well, political position. Well, they definitely do it. They do it for certain groups because they're trying to cater like, there's an implication there, right? Like, yeah, if you say Muslim, like, if you say Muslim we American, want you to react exactly. And they, I'm like, they're trying to create the reaction. It's the same concept of of putting African American in. I always tell this story. When I was in high school, there was a girl that I went to high school with who was Egyptian, and so she applied for several African American scholarships, and <laughs> um, was yeah. oddly denied um, on all of them. <laughs> uh, but it's it's. You're, it's code words, right? Like yeah, you mean one thing it's when really, you say another. It's so mm -hmm. strange. And they don't mean Muslim American. They mean possible terrorist congressperson for and the current age. Yeah, and they're, and they're creating the the fear to it, the element. But that's mm -hmm. what the internet does. Is it uh, the show The Newsroom on HBO makes mm -hmm. the great eloquent argument that once you put a bunch of similar sized talking heads on the screen at once, regardless of what they're saying, it validates the arguments. Yeah. So. They, were, they have a conversation inside the newsroom one time that they're not going to put on both sides of every argument if, if the other side of the argument is wrong. And there's an element of morality and judgment to that, but then there's also the element of what that really means is, if we're talking about flat earthers, you're not going to put on the flat earth guy because, well, we've got the NASA guy, we've got the earth guy, we've got map makers, we've got sh people who ride ships and people who drive planes who've all curved around the world so I don't need to put flat earth on because I don't need a counter argument to truth. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, it's just kind of a weird idea, but the internet does kind of breed that opportunity for people to find each other. And then suddenly there's a little bit, and that's what actually I think got Alex Jones in a lot of trouble is he but, was yeah, sort of the parade leader for a lot of these big, crazy conspiracy theories. And he basically lost, uh, probably was going to wind up being one of the biggest defamation lawsuits mm -hmm. in, like, in US modern history. history. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because he, he kept saying the Sandy Hook shooting was fake. And so the families finally, after years of just terrible things that happened to him because of the crazy people who buy full into these ideas, now take it too far. It'd be one thing if in front of a microphone you said how you felt about something and everyone agreed or disagreed. But the problem now is... Because of the again, because of the internet, the people feel entitled to take it all the way. Well, that's what I'm enjoying about the new Watchmen. Is it started? It starts like 50 years after the Watchmen comic, and what is inspired a group of people is Warshark's journal. Because at the very end, if you remember the Watchmen, he, yeah, he mailed he out mailed, his journal. He yeah. mailed out his journal, which is kind of like the truth of what Warshark believed in and what really happened, and all that stuff. And so this body of people took that journal and kind of took it on its own thing. Like they made their own thing with it. And that's what, that, that's kind of what ends up happening with. Yeah. And, uh, dark Knight returns has the same thing with the, the Batman gangs kind of picking up. Yeah. The mantle. And well, the problem is Watchmen being more current. Mm -hmm. They sort of have paired Rorschach's Rorschach's rantings and writings were always 
supposed to be like the internalized monologue of like a, a Batman too far. Mm. So he's misogynistic. He's angry. He doesn't respect kind of anyone. And he sees the flaw in everything. And so he kind of hates society. So he's not really a very good superhero. Uh, and what happens is in the new show, it's a group of white supremacists who essentially have adopted the Rorschach writings as the writings of like, they've adopted him as their hero, kind yeah. of. They're all wearing masks and stuff like that. And on the internet... How original white supremacists being the bad guys? Wow! <laughs> well, well it, they're real. The, yeah. So. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, come on, you can't... We're talking that. superheroes We're talking here. about the internet, yeah. bringing people together. That's, so. Well, and that's the thing, is a lot of, a lot of uh, comic book people are upset. They're saying, oh, well, why would Rorschach represent white supremacists? And it's like, well, you know, you're going... You're looking at it the wrong way. It's not yeah. that Rorschach represents white supremacy. It's that white supremacists would read his diary and see... What they want to see, they in would it. see yeah. the parallels in it. I'm enjoying, like I was, we we're talking about before, because uh, we're t- you're in here talking about your comic oh, book. Oh, that's right. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, show, show your comic book right there, and I have a link where you can purchase it. Uh, now, before we talk about it, though, I do have one question. Well, we're like talking about the watch. We're, we're talking about the watch. Actually, I want to go back to the flat Earth thing. Real and quick. I made. <laughs> have you been? Have you been watching the series? Uh, I caught the first couple of episodes. I think I'm two behind. So now, yeah, like the and I was telling Sean, I was like, I really do had no interest because it didn't really have that Watchmen. Yeah, feel I, to it. I, I agree. And, and then I, the newest episode on. on Sunday totally changed my mind. Oh, really? So I was like, all right, I can watch the show because I really enjoyed the comic, and I enjoyed the movie was good. I enjoyed it, uh, but the comic had they took things out again. Talking or the what did you call it when they goes through goes through the different it's been people's hands? Committed to death. Yeah, like it was committed. Some of the things were different. I was like, why get rid of the squid monster, dude? And <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it's kind of one of those things. And so so far, I think the writers. I know probably Alan Moore hates it because he hates everything that. Yeah, Alan Moore is the old man. The old man screaming at time right now. I dig like, it. He he's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> and but no, now I'm kind of like, all right, let's see where this goes because I want to because people were pissed. After no, the first episode, they were, they were, they were very upset. But I was kind of, I was actually more intrigued because I wanted to know how it comes back to Watchmen. Because the first episode, yeah. there's like zero Watchmen. In it. Yeah, it's very much a, the story of the of that one girl. But it it is it is a little bit about Watchmen in the sense that it takes that idea that masks are dangerous and then it flips it completely. Because what do the police do? By you know, in the first episode, is they're all wearing masks and it's to protect themselves. So suddenly the argument has flipped from the superheroes were wrong to the superheroes were right. And so I did think that was kind of an interesting way to start a show about the yeah. Watchmen. Uh, you're, uh, yeah, you're going to enjoy the upcoming episodes. Okay, like cool, cool. So well, what was your flat yeah, what question? What did you want to talk about, No, Sean? part of the bigger thing. So on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm asking you, I'll ask each of, each of you, on a cosmic scale of 1 to 10, what does it matter if someone believes the Earth is flat? Oh, it matters immensely. I think it's a twelve. I think it's a fifteen. It's one of those. 50, it's one of those five questions. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Well, I think what scares me, and it's something that we kind of talked about, is you at one point, someone, a group of people are going to be in power, and you're going to yes. have that person. But then again, I don't really care. No, because the fact that I know I'm going to die at one point, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Like I re- like, and that's one thing. I was Holly got really pissed off about me when I said that. I was like. You know, the only thing I know that's true is eventually we're going to die, right? Like, that's the only thing I know. And we don't know what happens afterwards. So, and I know we're all kind of colliding and, you know, cause and effect. But that's what I could see being kind of problematic is you see that one person who gets on a board or gets some type of power. And you're seeing, like, all right, this guy believes the earth is flat, dude. 
So what does that mean about his character? Okay, now, uh, no, because of that, no, I don't think that's. I don't think it's character. I think it. What it means is that what they're willing to believe about everyone else. Because at the core of the flat Earth theory is that a lot of people are lying to you. Is that math is wrong? Science is wrong. NASA is one of the biggest conspiracy theory groups on the planet. Um, but what I don't does want this to matter to? Uh, I'll just uh, to a Kroger's checkout person. Um, what it matters is at its basic core, it means that they don't believe that society has their best interests at heart. Does? Well, I, absolutely. I'm absolutely. I believe. Doubles. I know. I know what you're doing. I. I but I, I think society absolutely has their best interests at heart. Um, uh, I was actually. We just. As you're going to hear it today. Uh, we talked about the Joker movie on Nerd Thug Radio at 2 p.m. Yeah. today, and it's Joker Monday. Yeah. And Nico basically kind of points out how he feels like. Part of the Joker's origin in the movie is society failing the character played by Joaquin Phoenix. He's like, if anybody had just reached out and hugged this guy like 10 different times, the Joker probably never happens. And that's very Shakespearean. Right, exactly. It, uh, tra a tragedy is written as everyone's own downfall is caused by their own actions. So mm -hmm. you're right, it's super Shakespearean. But I think it's important to recognize that society is what we make it. So when you start going around saying... NASA's lying to me. Science is wrong. Math is wrong. When you start saying those things, essentially what you're doing is you're attacking the core that like everything we teach our children is wrong. Everything we believe is wrong. Everything. So even if he's just the checkout guy at the Walmart, what, what he also is is somebody who doesn't who's trying to disconnect from society. And that's way more dangerous than anybody really thinks about, because once they can look around at everyone else and go, I'm not a part of this. Well, now there's almost no limit to what they can do. Right. And that's sort of a scary idea. That's why I think it's super important that you engage people with honesty and integrity, but also with reality. You don't have to be nice if you don't have to be nice if what they're saying is just completely lost. You have to get them back to a point where, I mean, listen, they well, proved listen in ancient you. Rome the world was round. They measured shadows and they figured it out. So when a guy is standing in front of you and says there's zero proof, you you almost just want to shake him and go learn something. Well, that, that's what I was, I was uh, going with Elon to. and go up to the like, hey, can we put these people on? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, get get um, Branston. Uh, but you, but, uh, but now, Corey, you are obviously very uh, erudite. You know, you're a learned man. Thank you. Like, and so I would, my presume, way this far. I would presume you know about like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Okay. And you know that Sherlock the, Holmes completely disregarded, did not know that the earth revolved around the sun. Uh, because he said his, his thing was my brain can only take so much. It, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter, but it also doesn't, he doesn't discount it. He doesn't say it's not, in, it's not true or untrue. It's that it's not relevant to what he's doing. But it's so. But if just by saying that you don't know that the what kind of a stupid freaking idiot are you? This is what oh, no, no, flat okay. earthers are on the receiving end of. Well, and they of, should be honestly. They should be. But instead of taking Card the and feathered. yeah, instead, example instead of, of taking your your flat earther and saying, listen, let's go on an airplane, let's do this, let let's research. Well, but, th but that has happened. There's been no, I've, it's I've, all memes. No, 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 no. I've, there was a guy who put up a reward on YouTube where he said, I will pay five thousand dollars to the first pilot who can prove to me that he gets from and he lists three airports and essentially he says the only way you could do it is if the earth is round and no one can ever do it and so a pilot goes on and goes i literally made this route like three days ago i can show you my vouchers and the guy says no it's all fake so what happens is the goalpost perpetually moves when you live in these bubbles when you live in these conspiracies because when someone shows you the truth 
you walk away from it. So for example, uh, the Hillary Clinton, the Clinton family has killed 50 people or whatever it is. The, I only count 48. Well, there's okay. always, there's always when you, people. When you, when you look into them, there was one about like the assistant prosecutor who committed suicide with three bullets to the back of the head is the meme or whatever. Well, if you remember when they did the Ken Starr investigation, the guy investigated everything. The mm. special prosecutor who was well, trying to... Well, that's what led to the Lewinsky uncovering. It was the, it was the Ken Starr investigation for the Whitewater affair. Exactly. And so he investigated every avenue, including going back over coroner's reports for alleged suicides. And if a guy who clearly wanted to find anything left that there, then that kind of already tells you exactly what you need. They, they clearly, it was a suicide. And like... There, but it's never going to go away. So even though Ken Starr, who was tasked with finding every single crime they possibly might have committed, left that off the table, it still is irrelevant to conspiracy theorists because it's important to their their narrative. So they have to keep moving the goalpost. So at some point, you do have to just kind of be more firm than proof. You just end up like Alex Jones. Or George Norrie or Art Bell. You know, unfortunately, the the outsider views that are so slammed down on. And, and, and the, where I was going with this is that, yeah, flat earthers obviously need to be educated. They are wrong. Well, that's why, well my favorite parts of society is when we round people up. You know, and you round these groups of people up and you do things. But with you, them. when you paint everyone <laughs> then, with the same you know, brush. We, there's some bad examples of that, but this could be a good example. You just put them on a ship. And it's like, all right, everybody, but, cruise for everybody. But get, to, get out your, get out your periscope, get out your apps. We're gonna send you to space, and we want you to live stream it. But and to, see to what paint you do. them with the same broad brush with no regard, because you would have to throw Sherlock Holmes in with Goober Boy in no, no, Bayou Place. Because oh, you don't know about Copernican theory? Well, then you're an idiot with no, the, all these. No, other no, idiots. that's not again. Because Sherlock didn't. He didn't accept or disaccept. He just simply said, it's irrelevant to my situation. You and I know this because we would take the time to read. I'm talking right. about your average Facebook well, meme but you don't, but person I don't, doesn't But I don't care. worry about the average Facebook meme. I can't. Because if you spend, if you spend no, all per, day... The person promoting the meme is just as ignorant, I think, No, as I think a lot author. of them think it's... I think what starts as funny ends up as serious. I think a lot of times... I'll take that. Um, I think it's Eminem who says a lot of truth gets said in jest, and it's uh, yeah, Vino Veritas. Um, and so it just kind of happens um, where something starts out as funny, and by the end of the day, someone's like, "I, I don't think Epstein killed himself." And it's like, "Come on, man!" Uh, like I do, I don't believe no one thinks. <laughs> no, I, I actually do believe. I believe he killed himself. I believe he killed himself simply. And if and if he was murdered, I don't think it was who everyone thinks. I don't think it was the rich and powerful. I think it was the prison guards. Because if you read the news stories that were coming out about his last. Uh, stay in prison. Apparently, he didn't stay in prison. He he had made a, a large donation to a charity that he started right before he went to jail, and he went to an office every day to do uh, public works as part of like a work off of his sentence. And he essentially, it really looks like if you read, there's a lot of news articles. It looks like he was running the prison guards as like his personal security detail, and they weren't allowed to be in the office with him. They would find out that he had left the building through a back exit a lot of times, and then he would show back up, and then they would go back to jail. Um, I think it's just as likely that the jails that the jail guards killed him to cover up something that they did poorly. Yeah. Then I think that's more likely than the rich people because the rich people would just simply keep. What do they care? When has there ever been a consequence for the rich people? Like name the last time a rich person went to jail for any like. Everyone's watching the Full House star 
maybe go to jail for bribing the daughter's way into college. And the reason everyone's watching is because it's never happened before. Like, the reason everyone's well, entranced not, by they're that not, They're not Chinese. Because those Chinese people take it pretty serious over there. If That's you, true. If you're rich and powerful, you're dead. That's true. Yeah, if you're rich and powerful and not on the team over there in yeah, China, you got to run. You got to run. You leave it all behind. But in America, I mean, the rich and powerful have forever avoided the consequence of their actions. They get mad when you talk about raising tax rates. Like, they're like, we're not going to pay taxes. And we're definitely not going to jail today. Well, it's always, it always seems like the people, and we kind of talk about this on our show, is what's really going to come at the end of it? Unless that individual who we're talking about does something so stupid yeah, where it's like, oh, some bystander happened to have a camera and filmed it, and now it's become this whole, whole huge deal. And that's sort of similar to what's going on with this Epstein thing is so many people are finding unique ways to say that, that saying, Epstein didn't kill right. himself. It's going to get to that point where if, if you, the more you talk about and the more it continues into our culture, it's going to be like – it's going to be one of those JFK things well, where we're going to be the like... The more you... And again, going back to the flatter thing, the more you make fun of it or just stamp down the you're, you're an idiot and that's it, or then no forward progress can be made. Battle lines have been drawn. I'm smart and you're dumb and you'll never see my way of life. And that's, 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 that's my point a, on Like that. right now, it's just a select group of people. I mean, I think they're... Especially no. in the social media world. Name me one major hot-button topic in the universe right now, whether it be abortion, religion, separation of church and state, Republican, Democrat, flat earthers, uh, Epstein's. Well, uh, but I think that there's there's a scale well, difference there. Been, no, well, battle, no, lines, battle lines are drawn. drawn on all of them, but I think the scale, like where the numbers lie, no, is, is vastly the, different. The vitriol sent towards these flat earthers, who, yeah, they're misguided, they're, they're dumb on many levels, but, I mean, they're not going to blow up the planet. Well, that's not. You don't know that. That's the thing. Is like the idea. Can, the idea. If you're is, dumb enough to think the Earth is flat, you're too dumb to operate a. I don't a, know about that. Yeah, that's that's completely that. that's completely incorrect. Like that's the scariest thing about it all. Is it really just takes one idiot who gets on Google and figures out a fertilizer bomb, and next thing you know, you've got Oklahoma City again, and. Like his list of rants were all political based things that they could have Google? solved. Google has Google Earth, which promotes the round Earth thing. They would not trust anything on they Google. Could, they could hit up Bing. They could be the last users of well, Bing. We're also there. talking about the. You're talking about people who clearly choose to believe things and then choose not to. So believe no things. matter yeah. what you say or do, it's, it's gonna. That's the, what I'm saying. I don't I, really no, care. You're right. We're not gonna change. Really their, you're not gonna change your mind until you do something of great effect. Because even when they need religion, that, man, they need Jesus. Well, even in that documentary with uh, with Netflix, they buy a, a crazy expensive gyroscope, a laser-coated GPS gyroscope. This thing is $6,000 or whatever it is. They then proceed to think it's lying to them. Well, what I, what, all I want to know is why we have to wait till the robots make us batteries. Why can't we just make ourselves batteries? I think a lot of these people are. They're just plugging themselves I in. I mean, I don't, that way we can control what's going on. <laughs> but then again, we're, and that's, the, that's kind of the, the bad end of the social media is, we're absorbing this stuff so fast, and you know everyone says like, "Oh, but what about back in the day when it was more of a, a pleasant time, where you weren't controlled, not controlled, but you weren't controlled by the day-to-day life of me checking the phone or checking the newspaper." Well, see, there was some, there was always something else ruling those people. Though. Yeah, always. I mean, there's, I mean, the, that's the thing people forget about the good old days is that there was something else in charge. It was your. It, it, Everyone went to church, right? Back then is what, is what someone yeah, would tell part you. Part of the world did. But but it was, oh, on Sundays you went to church and then you came home and you watched the, the football game. But it was like, yeah, but your neighborhood still kind of ran what you did and how you felt. And 
you know, oh, Todd doesn't believe. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, the guy, everyone's lives were still ran by something. And so the idea that, you know, I don't think we're any, I think we're not any worse off now. I think people are just outing themselves more about their weirdness. And I think that that is kind of where people get uncomfortable with it because the reality is these people, people who feel differently about things, it goes right back to like the Muslim American Senator right now. Labels are very important. Well, and when we always talk about that is the one thing I hate about the news cycle is those journalists ask the same question to 15 people because they feel that's how they, that's how they weed out their next headline where it's like, let's ask about this Muslim American hyphen to a person who we know it's going to give us a good response. That a we good soundbite, right. And you're like, like, let's ask Alex Jones all these things. I'm like, well, well, you know that guy's going to be nuts. Like, right. But I, it's it's the failing of cable news. But it's... And going back to the newsroom where he the, the star pointed out that the biggest problem that uh, the FCC, when it was formed, was to say, okay, you get the airwaves for free and return one hour a night. Every night is dedicated to and news. Who ruined that one? Well, he, he said they left out two important words. For free. Yeah, advertisers. Advertising is what makes that a dangerous if it had been, thing. If, if they had established it to where the news could not make a profit, I think we'd be in a completely different world. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that we would be in a world where news existed, though. That's the thing. If it was if it was completely non-profit, I think... So right now what happens in media is... Well, there's a difference between non-profit and like a publicly traded corporation with shareholders. But, but, look, at, but look at something like NPR or look at something like PBS. Literally... Under the current administration, PBS has had to fight for its existence every single day. There's not a study on the planet that would tell you a negative. I don't think that's particular to this administration. No, it absolutely is. This administration has cut PBS funding. To, they've tried to zero it out every every budget cycle. This administration, the last two years, mm-hmm. has tried to zero out the PBS broadcasting budget to zero dollars each year. There's not a study on the planet that's going to tell you that PBS hurts a soul. You're not going to find a person who's going to tell you that PBS doesn't add value everywhere it's used, everywhere it's utilized. But they're still suddenly for free is no longer safe. Um, And I think what would happen is if news was for free a long time ago, companies like NBC who do have assets they can put behind a news programming while still running a profit somewhere else. And that was what they did for a long time. If it was for free and mandated that there could be no profit and there had to be some sort of like Chinese firewall to the concept, mm-hmm. the big corporations would have gotten out of it a long time ago and there would be no one delivering news. There would be no news. Um, I think... I think there would be. I think, it, but it would be local level yeah, news and I don't local. know and you and I don't know how you'd be able to trust it because part of what makes... You were upset about the uh, Kentucky shooting range thing. Part of what gives news its integrity is that they weren't, they're not going to tell you that Tim from video editing completely dropped the ball. Tom Brokaw is the face of news, and so he's not going to blame a ninth person down the list because it's it's his face on TV. So if he tells you that it was Tim from video editing, it doesn't matter to you because Tom Brokaw screwed up. Well, and that's what's didn't happened. Didn't they do that by firing that woman? Yeah. Let's go to two weeks later. But they didn't. Okay, so there's a couple different issues with that. They fired the woman not for, not for being a whistleblower, because what was actually released in that video? First of all, Project Veritas is probably one of the more. Well, they're they're, they're like the they're the extremist they're, extremist yeah. whatever. There's if we you're talking that. about a biased news slant, like Project Veritas is pretty hard on that list. It's. 
if you actually look at the statement from them, I actually agree with what they said in this sense. Jeffrey Epstein on its own is not a news story because Jeffrey Epstein in and of himself is not a newsworthy person. He is not a person of notoriety or merit. It's only when in the context of everything else does he become a relevant person. Uh, think about the think about almost the exact same thing, but in a poor version of it. When that guy in Cleveland was caught with three girls in a dungeon, remember the name of the girl who escaped, and that's and that's a, and the guy who found her. That's a great news story. I think he gets McDonald's for free for life or whatever because of the news clip or whatever. The way, he, the way he did, it. he's like, I'm yeah. walking down the street, and I see. But no one remembers the name of the guy. I couldn't even tell you his name now. The guy who had the three girls in, the, and that's because we don't typically contextualize criminals. We don't typically in our in our in American media we don't typically emphasize on criminals. So the story about Jeffrey Epstein while it is pop culture appealing isn't genuine news until you get into other parts of it. So what that girl was complaining about, what that what the reporter was complaining about was that editorial was pushing back at her who is Jeffrey Epstein. And that is the right question to ask. They asked what you don't know is they asked that question about every single news story. If, if we're doing a news story about the three of us, ABC News is going to go, well, well, who are they? And then if it doesn't merit national attention, then they don't show it. Um, and but, you might not like that stance, but that is the standard of the exact news. Stance of who would say who is Harvey Weinstein? Well, but th- no, because there's a difference there. Harvey Weinstein is someone who, who cre- has created some of the great... He was single-handedly financed some of the greatest and cinema. And cultivated some of the largest relationships with British royalty but, and But American how many people have relationships dynasty? with British royalty? That's not a unique... To that level? Yeah, that's not a unique to modifier. To say, hey, Prince Andrew, come to my island. Do you think you think the princes don't get invited to islands every day? Yeah, and which ones do they go to? Uh, I bet they, well, go, I think to, that's I bet they it, go to all of them, I think, honestly. No, I think that's what the story really lies with that the individual, because you kind of say, like, why is he interesting? I think the, and especially in her words, was like, we had it. We had a story. We had Bill Clinton. Like the words she said, and you're kind of like, you know, that, that might work for a Project Veritas news exactly. organization. Exactly. But if ABC but goes with that story. But if you listen to way, and this is also a professional. Exactly. The way she said it was, she almost goes, if I had my own decision on it, I would have done it. Yeah. But, that's, so, but that's probably every reporter. I well, guarantee you every reporter has had a story break underneath And I them. think with the, the, the outline of what happened with this story and then the lady who was, was fired— it that get and I was talking about earlier is you have these news organizations that have been developing for over fifty years where people like the CEOs, how many CEOs has ABC had? So there's different these are people we're talking about, so there's different cultures going around inside the environment. Right. And you can't look I can't look at that video and think, Oh, their response was, Oh, we didn't have a story. I'm like, No, you definitely had a story. You could have sold it to page six of your sister Sister station. You could have dumped it, but I think the reason they stayed with it was because I think they did think the royals were involved on elements because, again, she mentions that the palace had an immediate response, Mm -hmm. which that's part of a a seasoned news company knows that, well, if the palace immediately calls back and says, if you print this, we're mad at you, well, then obviously we're on to something. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons ABC held it and continued to want it to keep investigating. But when you start saying like keep investigating, they didn't investigate. No, I, at they all. did. They absolutely did because they had developed more stuff since that girl then made those story comments. Would have broken a month later, six well, months think, later. Well, no, later, no, 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 that's not true. There's later. all kinds of stories that, that get worked on for massive. If you go, let's say, let's say they tell their story, and let's say they've only got two big names. Let's say they know Clinton and they know Prince Andrew, yeah. and they run the story. 
And then NBC breaks that it wasn't just Clinton and Andrew. It was it was it was Reagan and Stephen Bush Hawking. and mm-hmm. Stephen Hawking. And well, suddenly the first part of the story doesn't matter because they didn't get the whole story. They gave you about fifteen percent, which you were earlier complaining, which is, is what's called breaking news. But you don't no no you don't break. That's not a breaking news story because a breaking news story is one that is happening in the public where everyone sees it. So if this is investigative journalism. Or illegal activity. We don't broadcast it until we have the whole story. And it's well, that's well. First of all, that's dotting i's and t's. So yes, yeah, uh, I, I guarantee don't know you. About that, man. No. I guarantee you, they had the Ukraine story about President Trump far before it came public, far before, and they investigated it. Before they broke it, they they dotted their I's and their T's, and they made sure the whistleblower was legit, and they made sure that the— But there's way too many examples of large organizations doing the breaking news or doing what you're saying they're doing the research, and then they get caught, whereas, like, the source— was wrong, and I, I I remember a handful of times where it's like yeah, we were talking about that. There's just every major network, and that's in a unfortunate. Period, like our source lied to us. Well, you had one source. That's the problem. Now, okay, I but okay, this all day. but you're gonna get on them for that. But then you're gonna get mad when they don't break the Epstein story fast enough for you. So you can't have it both it ways. It wasn't there. broken. It was broken. It, it did eventually. First of all, it did eventually break. Three because years you, later. But we all know it now. So it did break. You can't say <laughs> well, that. Well, that's what bothered me so much about that video is that because lady. Because after a while. That lady sounded like she goes, I could have, you know, added that to my resume. That's and, the thing is reporters are, are about feathers and caps. And I think with, with with this scenario and people get the insight of how news is broadcast, because a lot of people didn't realize that video feed was broadcasted to all the affiliates. Right. So every every medium sized town who has an affiliate got it was, somebody was sitting there working in the booth listening to this lady rant and about it. Could have recorded it. Could have recorded yeah. it and things like that. And I think what's interesting is especially ABC's response and CBS's response is they're doing to protect their the, protect the way they do this the, the do, brand do the integrity. News, yeah, the way absolutely. They do the news. And so now you know when you're a viewer and this is something we've been ongoing with Sean is I've I believe people are not paying attention to ABC anymore. They're paying attention to other outlets of information. That's podcasts. That's YouTube stuff. I th- I really think the influences are disappearing, and I really think that's why newspapers are being bought by large corporations because they can't fund their own stuff because no one's paying attention to them. And then you, you need a bankroller who's going to be okay with not making money from it. Well, but that's the problem and is all these companies are making money. If you uh, the well, they're making money from they're, last week tonight with John Oliver has absolutely been nailing this the guy the companies that are buying up all your local media are the same people and well, they're yeah. giving you the same story he showed a clip where something well, like 80 different local news outlets all read the same statement the same day mm-hmm. about politics and media yeah oh, and they're yeah. all owned by the same company and he's they're literally yeah, was, giving uh, the same well, statement. Gan- was that gannett well it was uh, it, no well, that's what gannett. i'm trying to say is a lot of people are seeing the way it, the way the inner workings are happening and most people are going like uh eh, don't care anymore because there's a lot of problems, especially on when it comes to politics. As I, I remember on both sides of, of the spectrum of Republican and Democrat, every year there's always at least like three stories that go, we got it. We got to stay tuned tonight. And that's what news does. They try to yeah. bump it up and then nothing really happens. You're like, OK, well, you know what? You captured me. You're not going to capture me again. Like you get, you're getting me paying it because I always wonder what it was like during the, uh, the uh, all the president's men movie. The movie with Dustin Hoffman, yeah, and, about the Woodrow Bird scene. Like to me, that was really interesting because you got to see the development of these reporters figuring it out, piecing it together from outside help, inside help, and also their intuition. And I'm thinking, all right, so I kind of put them when I watch, you know, Rachel Maddow, and I watch all these people who are on the talking head. I'm like, 
I don't think they're doing it. Oh, I, no, no, no. I, oh, yeah. they definitely are. Well, I'm talking they about, I don't are. see Dustin Hoffman's character in a Sean Hannity. No, no, no. I don't wait, think wait, Sean wait, Hannity's wait, working. Like, oh, I got to mix two things. So, so Rachel Maddow and Sean Hannity are opinion people. And I think yeah, what's happened now is the networks no longer do a good job of telling you whose opinion and whose news. Correct. If you watch Fox News, the news people are the ones quitting right now in absolute disgust of the things that they're that Fox yeah. is doing as a station. Um, uh, Shepard, uh, Shep Smith, or uh, is it Sam Shepard? Shepard Smith. Shepard Smith. Oh, he left. No, he left. He left of his own volition, and when he left, he was completely disgusted and saddened by the last, like, 10 years of Fox. And but it's he because... he didn't mind getting paid. Well, that's the problem that they all have is they're promised. So the news agencies are promised uh, anonymity, right? But what also comes with that, especially at somewhere like Fox, is they shrink the importance because they're anonymous. So suddenly Fox does like they do like 40 minutes of news and then everything is opinion from Fox and Friends to the Hannity to uh, we can say Tucker that about Carlson. any like large yeah, news twenty four seven news let's, cycle. Let's like, add MSNBC and CNN that, to that one because that's now. what made ABC. <coughs> well, but they still do. They still CNN still does the primetime news block, like uh, Situation Room with Wolf Blitzer, Anderson Cooper. Wolf Blitzer and Anderson Cooper are journalists. They're not opinion people. Now from nine p.m. back around, Anderson Cooper's not an opinion person. He has opinions, but he's a journalist. Okay. I don't know what when, he when re- you, what he reports is. J- he does, a, he does a segment at the end that's an editorial, but he also reports news. And he's actually gone out of his way to, when called, had news stories called into question nationally, he's gone in and addressed it on his show, which is more than almost every other news agency but isn't does. It, isn't he on like seven shows? Yeah, he's a bit of a celebrity, but that's kind of a he's a unique thing because his mother. For this hour, I'm gonna do the news, but for the next eight hours, I'm. Well, going see, that's to what I'm saying. Kiddo. That's where it gets kind of weird because if you're a if you're a talking head. And you have six shows, and two of those shows are p- political opinion shows. Well, he also does the New Year's Eve ball drop. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, like, well, well we got to bring back Dick Clark's clone. Well, that's, by the way, I do want to cut out because I want to find out about the cover. I can yeah, talk about we, this all day. We talk oh, about the I we say we this. take a break and we come back at eleven. Yeah, we got go beyond. The, so we got three minutes to to. Pay some bills. Up. Yeah, to pay well to wrap up here because again we can talk. This is great. Take a quick break. Discourse. We're, uh, the weekly business hour is a replay today, so we'll play that later. Bye. We'll be right back. Cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpunk Coffee. Beanpunk Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Second Saturday Divorce Workshop provides unbiased information to help you understand your options and move forward with your life. This divorce workshop is for you if you are contemplating divorce, in the process of divorce, already filed for divorce, or post-divorce. 
You will explore the emotional, legal, and financial aspects of divorce from professionals who have guided others through divorce. For more information on this divorce workshop, contact SecondSaturdayWoodlands.com or call 832-375-0900. Texas Joe Bailey here, spokesman for Love Your Veterans. It's our mission to shine light on our forgotten heroes, and you too can show your support by joining us at the Love Your Veterans Montgomery County Christmas Market, December 5th and 6th at Bull Solace Park. Activities for the kids, such as photos with Santa and the Grinch, a marketplace to find amazing Christmas gifts, and it's all for a great cause. Learn more at loveyourveterans.org. Vendor registration is currently open. Hope to see you there. Hey, y'all. It's DJ Mike from Dance Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Diamond Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Howdy, howdy, everybody. This is Jared Sterrett, and you're listening to KZCC LP 106.1 Conroe and KZCW LP 104.5 in Conroe and worldwide at OurLoneStar.com. All right, we're back. Eleven. Oh, I paid for it, dude. We're back here on Dick and Skip, Dick and Skippy, uh, IrelandStar.com/slash Dick and Skippy. Your mic's not on, dude. I'm not turning your mic on until you calm down. We have a cold shower for you in the back because he's so excited. Sean's with me. I'm so excited because we're finally going to talk about comedy. Uh, great discourse. I love civil discourse. So the hardcore passion. Yeah. Oh, before we get started, I want to yeah. let people know it is eleven o'clock. The weekly business hours a replay today. We'll continue regular broadcasting when I feel like it. Ooh. Ooh you so there go, you go. Dick. What he wanted to let you know is Dick's in control. Now. He Dick's demand. in control. Yeah. So you know what? If that girl worked for me, ABC, you're gone. gone. And I would have gone on Twitter and said, this lady, she you know, she did something wrong. She made a boo-boo. Mistakes yeah. And I would made. make a meme Mistakes about it. I would make a meme about it. And she's like, oh, think you're clever. Marking this now. Hey, look fired. over here, flat earth. Oh, I would have done the Donald Trump meme. You're fired. fired. Like, I, people would love. I mean, that's the world is wonderful. And let's talk about comic books because comic books are wonderful. Right. So we do have special guests uh, from Nerd Thug Radio and all the other kinds of which, stuff, which author, will play uh, at its normal time at two o'clock. That's right. Because Dick's in control. We got Tony Del Juadia. Um, by golly, I'm gonna mingle that one up so bad. It's not on purpose. I'm just I'm I'm as white as can be. That's all right. But that's why I've been signing it, Corey DLG. I've been keeping it easy for ah, people. There you go. See. I Dog. keep it simple. See, I was saying Corey Well, Dog. we don't want to, just because you're white, you don't know how to speak another language. Mais je parle français. Je suis long. 
But that, that, that sounded believable until yeah. the end there. I was yeah. with well, you. Well, I was trying to remember how long I've been speaking it. I stuttered over the. Uh, <laughs> so you've written a comic book. I have. And somebody drew it, right? Let's yes. get that first off. Because yeah. that, that kind of confuses people when it's well, like, like, oh, Kirkman. I made a comic book. I'm like, well, you sat in your garage for 20 years yeah. and just binded it and drew it. And <laughs> so it, you've you've written the words. I wrote the words. I came up with the idea. It's called Another Day at the Office. Okay. It's, uh, it's a comedy. It's about a, uh, a cop in a city full of superheroes. Here, give it here, and I'm going to hold up in front of uh, okay. camera. And, stuff and uh, like the so. idea here is that he he's he's a good guy. He wants he he believes in being a cop. He wants to be a cop, but kind of the city and just the presence of superheroes, mm-hmm. it kind of almost makes being a cop a little redundant. And so, right in the very beginning, he's at a diner, and the waitress is kind of laughing at him because he's like, "Yeah, I'm having a hard day," and she's like, "Please, you're a cop. Like, how hard could you be? Right." Yeah. You have a gun. Spider-Man and Batman swinging around town. It can't be that bad for you. Like, you just wait until they drop off the bad guys. And so it's it's a hard day for him. Um, and so I've kind of built this world of um, gentle ripoffs of, like, these iconic characters. And the idea is, what does it look like if you're normal and you live in the world full of the super? Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and it's... And I, Funny, I, I from a funny point of view because like. So would you if you had to do a genre while I'm like ordering this? Would you can order right now through a link in our description on our yeah, Facebook IndiePlanet.com. Uh, what genre would this comic book fall under? Comedy, comedy. comedy. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I and there's a lot of things that are done on purpose in this book to keep it light because if you I know several police officers, I'm great friends with some, and what you find out very quickly is it's not a light job. It's not a funny job. There's funny stories, but then there's also terrible things that happen for a police officer. And so there's a lot of choices that I made, like, artistically to keep it uh, light. So well, I think if, if you are friends with police officers and you actually get a view of their group text messages and the way they handle their morale, you get kind of like, okay, well, there's a little, little different. Th- throughout history, there was a, uh, a book that I think they turned into a movie in the 70s called, I think it was The Boys in Blue... Uh, no, the Choir Boys. The Choir Boys. Okay. There's that. Uh, Dennis Leary. Before Rescue Me, he actually had a cop version of it called yes, The he did. Job, which was one of the most realistic. The Job lasted like an hour, though. They canceled that thing. They canceled so, so fast. fast. But it was. Uh, it, it just really delved into. Yeah. That we the cops could look at that and say, "That's me. That's my boss. That's my partner." You know, it's not your procedural like Blue Bloods or Law and Order. You get to salute the person every time they walk in. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it is. You got to kind of. Well, the firefighters and EMS the same way. They all have sort of like a. They all feel a certain way about. Well, essentially, if all day long you're dealing with people in need, you start to kind of see certain things yeah. and patterns, and so you start to feel certain ways about people, and and that's when you when you talk to them individually, they're all great people, and then when if you have like six of them in a room, they're just gonna. Like hard roll their eyes when they hear certain words. They're just gonna be like, "Ugh, this, this guy, this, this again." And it is, it is, it's funny to see how that happens. Um, but yeah, so it's a story about a, a cop who, you know, he wants to be a cop, but in this, in this world, how do you be a good cop? Or like, how do you be a great cop in a world with supers? Exactly, or an effective cop. Yeah, yeah. effective is really yeah, and that's sort of the problem he keeps dealing with. At one point. Um, Hey, he, hey, be careful with that smile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to roll it up and stick it in my pocket. Uh, at one point, he he, uh, he he gets to a murder scene that he wants to work, and suddenly the Batman ripoff guy shows up, and he's like, no, I've got this. And he's like, no, no, it's cool. I'll, you know, I'm the <laughs> cop here. I'll do it. And then um, this is one of the one of the officers on scene leans his head. He's like, hey, the chief of detectives called. He said, give it to him. Just let him have it. 
And he's like, what, what is going on here today? So he just, he never gets to do his job. And that's sort of the frustrating thing for him. Maybe he should be uh, a tax, a tax dude, police officer. Because I doubt there's any superheroes like investigating, you know, the tax. Oh, like tax breakers. Go go full accountant on them or whatever. Uh, It's like in the, uh, (laughs) it's like in the, is it the good guys or the other guys where Will Ferrell's like, we've got him on scaffolding. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great. Well, that's that's where you get the superhero like Cypher who has no, you know, all he can do is like look at numbers and. Well, a, yeah, I was just making Excel a joke. Hey, man, if you're uh, if you're following the current X Men, Cipher's a big deal. He's important. I thought he was dead. They brought him back. Oh, yeah, that it's was not hard to do that. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So, so this is called another day at the office. Now, is this the first of a uh, is first this of a, a series? Uh-huh. Uh, we're hard at work at issue two right now. Um, you can actually buy issue one also in stores at the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More on fourteen eighty eight. They're the only place. Anywhere selling physical copies of this. Because mm-hmm. um, you do have a digital copy version. I do, and you can buy that on Indie Planet. And you can actually buy an individually printed copy from Indie Planet, but they're going to get you for like $6 on shipping. So if you're in Conroe, I would say go to The Adventure Begins. If you're streaming on IRLoneStar.com, mm-hmm. I would say go to Indie Planet and, and indulge. Um, but we are... I signed a, uh, a deal with, with, an, uh, with The Adventure Begins... They're helping to like sponsor the next few issues. Okay, cool. Nice. So they're gonna put some Very logo nice. on it and all that. It's 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 fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It's cool. It's another thing got to do. You know, uh, I've been with you now for what like three years. Yeah, it's been with, a long time with with Lone Star, and so Nerd Thug Radio keeps opening doors and opportunities. And it's like, well, why wouldn't I make a comic book? Well, so, well, Corey, what was the give us your origin story? What prompted uh, from day lowly office? nobody to lowly <laughs> nobody still? Uh, no. Um, so I've had just about every job under the sun, but I've always been a nerd. I grew up with comic books and just pop culture. And as pop culture has kind of been rising over these last seven or eight or nine years, uh, I've just been obsessed with it. I've been fascinated by it. And so what started on, uh, on a lark, honestly, a kind of a funny lark, uh, a coworker of mine, her baby daddy was 90s rapper Big Yang. And Big Yang had just bought internet radio station Money Green Music and... They, he was like, I'm changing all the formatting. And I was like, I want, I want a show. And he goes, great, cool. So then I had to figure out how to make a show. He's like, you got two hours every Sunday. And I was like, oh, poop. <laughs> like, now I got to make two hours. So I had to learn how to do it all on the fly. We were recording on, the, on our iPhone for probably the first six months. Uh, and then just little by little by little, it kept growing and hap- things kept happening. And then... Very quickly, we found you, and mm-hmm. we wound up partnering with you and coming over to Lone Star. Uh, we've had uh, only mild regret. No, no regrets. It's been a lot of fun uh, doing Nerd Thug Radio, and now we're on the air here in Conroe for. I mean, I really want to say it's been three, three years. Yeah. I think that's right. Wow. Um, I kind of don't keep track of that. <laughs> we didn't, you didn't remember. Really we know. had our second anniversary. You didn't. You didn't bring me flowers. Facebook didn't, didn't me tell me. Facebook didn't tell me. I depend heavily on Facebook telling I, man, me when I big was, events in my I was life happen. Hurting. On so that so Nico uh, is our producer, my little brother, and he he keeps track of a lot of the stuff. So he showed up about a month ago and was like, "Hey, on, we're on pace for episode 250," and I was like, "Wow, that's great!" And so we did 250 on Thursday last week. So Friday that aired. And that was kind of a weird thing to be like, 250 episodes of this. That is, it's insane. Wait till you hit like 365 and you're like, man, that's a full year every day. We potentially done two hours. Well, I get teased because I'm obsessed with Law and Order. 
Uh, Which one? All of them? Uh, the the classic. Sam Watterson. But I'll but I'll roll. Uh, I'll roll. Uh, Pre Sam Watterson. Well, Sam Watterson was there with George Zund. No, Paul Servino. Yeah, originally it's uh, um. It was Paul Servino, George Zundo. Let's not worry about this. It's Chris. Uh, who, Chris, who was Chris Noth came in uh, second season, I think. No, he's season one with uh, the big dude, Paul Servino. Yeah. Who, oh no 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 no! You're right. It is the George, first season. Paul Servino, yeah, George, and George Zundo died. They brought in Chris Noth. That's right. Uh, at season two. Okay, out of the rabbit. We're, we're gonna go down another rabbit hole. So, right. Law and Order. <laughs> so, because of Law and Order, uh, Nico pointed out that we've now between Nerd Thug Sports and Nerd Thug Radio have done and uh, ball control. We've done more content now than the original Law and Order, and we're wow. And we're on pace now to pass. Gunsmoke. Yeah. <laughs> Gunsmoke. Never the Simpsons, though. Yeah. Well, congrats on that. That's awesome. I yeah. know. I was kind of impressed by that when you said that. I was, because at first he starts going down the list and I was like, no. And then he goes, well, and then 40 hours of it. And I was like, oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is adding up. Yeah. That's, it is, it is, uh, it's weird to think that I've stuck to anything this long. <laughs> well, hopefully the comic book gets stuck. Or is it, yeah. And let me ask you this as the writer. Have you written the whole thing? Have you outlined it, George Lucas? Or is it more um, of like you're making it up as you go? Are you, are you doing it like Tolkien? Or are you doing it like... I've is got... A Venture Comics telling you what to write in that? Yeah. They pay... No. Uh, I've got um, I've got outlines for 12 issues. So the first year. Um, and then I've got... They've got the script in front of them that they're drawing and coloring and, and lettering right now. And I'm working on... I'm working one script ahead of them. So I'm always like one script ahead. So I've got three in front of me. I need to. Uh, we're we've got a couple more pages, and then we're done with with drawing issue two. So then I'll give him the script for three at that mm-hmm. point. So probably this week I'll start on the the script for the fourth issue. Now, do they know what's in your favorite little imagination? No. about the upcoming no. episodes. This is actually from issue one to issue two. I actually changed teams completely. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was kind of committed for one, and at the end of it. When I was like, all right, let's do another one, they were all like, oh, well, we've, and it's, that's the world of freelance. A mm. lot of people will book other stuff and they're, you know, they're trying. Freelance is really complicated because I also do freelance writing. You <clears> always <throat> are booking as far ahead as possible mm-hmm. to keep your schedule full. And so, yeah, these guys were all kind of already, they were like, oh, well, you, you, initially you said you just wanted to do one. I was like, yeah, but it worked. So <laughs> let's do another. And they're like, oh, well, I don't have time now. So I had to put together a whole new Me team. Tell them make time. Yeah. Man, you make it. Yeah. Man, if if they lived close, I would like kick indoors. But I think I like I think my artist lived in I think, I think Brazil. Dude, there's there's like, Fiverr.com, but on the on the dark side. On the dark side, yeah. So you can, you can the pay, dark web. Yeah, fiber. you can you can pay them five bucks to go kick in a door, and then you pay them another five dollars <laughs> oh, to yell at them. Look, see, and, the average person think go to Fiverr to have them draw it for you. Yeah. But I, I like where you're going with this. Yeah, enforcing. You know those Craigslist people are really creative. Yeah. So, man, Craigslist. <laughs> I haven't heard anyone mention it ever since they basically banned uh, like prostituting. I don't think people even know what Craigslist and well, I think what happened was the marketplace on Facebook is more crushed. It's more, it. Yeah, it's just kind of it's more intuitive to people touching things. I so think now if like, you say Craigslist, I'll allow people to go. Isn't that where rapists hang out? Yeah, what was that? Yeah, was it, it gradually became the back page of the Houston Press. If you remember that. Now, who remembers the Houston Press? The the back page was a mainstay of... Free Press is the only thing they remember, but no one remembers Free Press. I know Houston Press because Houston Press will put out, like, the largest free newspaper I've ever seen in my life. You mean, like... Like, yeah, like, it was a huge... Like, it was heavy. Like, 312 pages Yeah, 
but issue. it was also loaded with so many ads that I were like, well, this is a crime. This is a, like there were so many like call girl like bought ads in and the best of the best went on the back page, which was the, the back cover, and it had. It was worth the price of admission. I just always wondered. I just always wondered who was like the ad guy at, at Houston Press who's like signing these contracts where he's like, "Yeah, you can you can put that in my in my newspaper, no problem." And I was like, "This is a crime. This is a crime. This is a crime." Here's a story. But before the listening audience, how many uh, roses do you us, require? Uh, uh, yeah, be, before you think we're judging, actually, Dick and I will gladly whore ourselves if you are a you know lady of the night or gentleman of the night. We'd be clever wish, with it. I want it to be yeah, fun. We'll, we'll write uh, original. A copy for you to help you because I always imagined pe- lady, like fee. workers of the night need to do kind of like carnival system where you get tokens. So it's like, hey, oh. that, hey, that's five tokens. Oh, uh, that's like two tokens. Get around the exchanging of money, and you can do a really creative design on them and have a lot of fun with it. But isn't like, that what they do at like Switzer? I've never been, but like where they do those <laughs> red light district. Buildings, I have no right? idea. Isn't I, it, I, that's I would I imagine mean. they would do something like that, right? I think it'd be fun. I've never had to go to Switzerland to, to have sex. So. <laughs> it, it is a long I get flight. it right here in, in town. Well, you know, you there's, there's something for everybody in there this is, world. There right. is indeed. So, so this, uh, another day at the office, uh, issue one is at The Adventure Begins, which is around mm-hmm. 1488. Uh, you know, you should call the guys at Fat Ogre. I'm or, seeing a lot more comic, space comic book stores opening up. It's a little weird, we got, especially it's, here in Conrad. It's because the pop culture is yeah. It's 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 now acceptable. Uh, and my dad used to tease me that I would tell him. Uh, I told him when I was a kid that like, listen, when my when my age group grows up, we're gonna do all of this over again. And he was like, because other age groups didn't do that. Mm-hmm. They moved on to other new dumb things. But not us. We've now gone back and turned Ninja Turtles and He-Man and G.I. Joe. Yeah, it's kind of strange that there's a certain selection of old school stuff now being redone to, like, I'm talking about for, like, six-year-olds. Yeah. And, like, who makes that decision? So, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing amazes me because somehow that that crossed generations because of the the live-action movies. Well, my son's old... Teenage, you know, Ninja Turtle stuff has not gone to his son. The stuff yeah. that I would have to like throw elbows at Toys R Us to get hold of the white Power Ranger gloves and the yeah. Turtles van that got lovingly kept, got passed on to him. Well, now his son's playing with the same things, and as if they're brand new. Yeah, and it's and what's weird is like the characters haven't changed at all. Although I don't think they still do a white Power Ranger, probably for the obvious reasons. That's because they're afraid. Is that what it is? They're afraid? afraid. Yeah. It doesn't just sound weird well, saying out no, loud. No, hang on until well, someone complains that pink, oh yeah, Pink Power Ranger's a girl, of course, and you know, they'll they'll have to read it. Let's get wild there. with it. I don't see why people just don't go full throttle on it. Chartreuse Power Ranger. Like, let's get let's just get crazy. Paisley teal? Power yeah, Teal Power Ranger. Yeah. Did you see the Paisley uh, one of the funnier dies and it's like it's like Zoltan's racist? <laughs> and he's like He's like, uh, he tries to make the black guy the black Power Ranger, and he's like, you, uh, you're the black Power Ranger. And then there's another black guy, and he goes, and then you're the black Power And then, no, I am. And then he goes, wait, are you just, is that what's going on here? He's like, no, I no, that. I don't, uh, I don't see color. <laughs> he's stuck at that point. Um, but then you have those really confusing South Africans. Who yeah. are white, and you're like, oh, well, how did this happen? Or Egyptians. Or Egyptians. Or Egyptians who try to or, get no, African. No. I was so proud of her when she said that she was signing up for all of them. I remember back then thinking, like, I, you obviously geographically are eligible. Yeah. yeah. You're not gaming the system. Yeah. True. Turns out they didn't mean it. So, right. another day at the office, one thing, what, what's the toy thing like? Do you have any, like, did you come Is up with merch? the supers? <laughs> did you come up with the supers? I did. There are four characters. Uh, that are completely kind of you said they kind of like oh based you said off story of, I thought you said toy thing like yeah. like well you yeah, know I'm saying like because that's part of the comic
comic books. Like, what's the merchandise yeah. angle? On we could this totally, one? we could totally. There are four characters here that are kind of circle this world. It's um, there's a upstanding citizen who's like a uh, she's a female uh, like Superman type. Um, there's a the bug who's kind of a Spider Man-y friendly <laughs> type. There's the Shroud who's a little Batman esque, um, and then there's Detective Marcus Shiley. And so the idea is that they're kind of he's now sort of trapped in their world. And as the series keeps going, like as much as he wants to be rid of them and away from them and, and just do his job, he keeps kind of getting dragged in because like when a superhero has to deal with something, it's obviously going to be the most important thing going on. Yeah. This, like superheroes not stopping Jaywalker. So if you want to be a great cop, you wind up having, you would wind up working the same like big cases that these guys are doing. So he never really gets away from them. And it just sort of, it's, it, he wants to be helping people, but then it's driving him crazy that the way he's helping people is yeah. like the laziest cop way possible. So that's sort of the, the source of a lot of the humor is just how awful his days are. Well, I'll be heading out to Adventure, The Adventure Begins to buy mine because I was going to do the download, but then I realized if you're signing these suckers, yeah, you, can't, you can't sign my Kindle. So you could, but <laughs> could be getting in the way of my other stuff. That's true. So I'll, I'll buy a copy. I'll, leave it, I'll leave it here. You got to sign it. And, and I know, I know, Nerd Talk Radio has a website mm-hmm. and has social media. What about this area that you work in? Like, does Corey have its own? Do you have your own? So I do. I did start a a, a writer's page on Facebook, which feels like the most arrogant thing in the world to do. Where like now there's a Facebook group with my name on it, where it's for my fans to go to. It's so obnoxious, just the whole idea of it. Well, that's always one of those things I always wondered. Like, you, you still got to communicate with people. Exactly. So it's like, how do you do it without coming off as a jerk? And, like, you have to start, a, okay you have to start to name, a... It's okay to name something after yourself. It's all right. <laughs> oh, good. I'm yeah, going <laughs> to... Yeah, my permission. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, you do have to wind up... You create a Facebook group is what you do. Okay. And so that's what, what I did. What is it called? It's called Corey Writes. Okay. And so the idea is... You know, it's where it's where I write things. And so like anytime so I write for sportsmaphouston.com, I write for cyberpunks.com. And so anywhere I'm writing, I'm just kind of dropping the links there. Uh, okay. So it's, you're doing a lot of things. I'm a busy guy. For being as yeah. fat and lazy as I like to be, I, I do have to occasionally put on pants. Okay. First wow. time this week, by the way. First time this week. Well, well, you're you're coming out here. <laughs> well, again, folks, if you can visit us our Facebook page right now, but also if you're listening to the podcast stuff, the description has the direct link to buy this, or you go to Adventure Comics and on 1488. The adventure here. begins. Adventure begins. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, and then that's all taken care of locally, folks. So you don't have to that's pay the right. shipping. And outside that, yeah, we have Nerdthug Radio posts there. You guys are on Monday, Monday, Thursday, and Friday mm-hmm. at 2 p.m. And then y'all, I mean, y'all release a lot of content every week. We, we're so, busy. We try. Yeah. We try. We like and, to stay busy. And if you're in, if you're into that in sports and nerd, that's one thing I like is it kind of somehow today it's the same. Like uh, people, fantasy sports. Fantasy yeah. sports has made it totally normal for weird numbers obsessed guy to now be weird sports obsessed guy. Yeah, I can which, see makes it. Makes sense. Yeah, which every athlete now hates too. By the way, because now they say at signings they get just as many times where they're like, "Hey, I needed you to score a touchdown in that game, and you knelt," and they're like. I don't care. Like, <laughs> well, they shouldn't. Yeah, they're they're making they're doing their own thing. <laughs> gonna play the game, play the game. Yeah. Except, yeah. I will always love those athletes who bet on themselves. To me, I think they should be totally allowed to do that. Well, right. So, like Pete Rose, keep him in because he because he because he bet only to win allegedly. But then, how would you feel if the one time you find out that like, oh, well, I know my knee's kind of banged up, so I'm gonna bet on the other team. <laughs> like now, 
That's the only reason you can't do it. But it is what I'm saying. I feel like there's an like official channel you could go through. Be like, <laughs> hey, MLB, I'm gonna, I want to place a bet. Can y'all place it for me? Is that gonna, way you yeah, know what I'm doing? I want to put twenty on me scoring eight in the. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's the quotes, right? So everybody always goes to them for the quotes, but the reality is, like, what are they supposed to say? Like, hey, do you think you're the best quarterback to ever play football? I'm like, well, ever, yeah, of ever, course, ever, of course. Even in flag football, right? The best. <laughs> because if they didn't think that, then what are they do? Like, if they walked out and were like, well, I might be maybe the ninth best guy in the league right now. No, well, what I love about that is there's always the controversy that's going to end up happening at one point. Like, the LeBron, th- LeBron thing with China is like, at one point, guys, just don't say anything. Yeah. Just And then people are going to forget it. And unfortunately for LeBron, he's trying to create this... I'm the best player ever. Image. Well, he can't not say anything because I think he, well, that's makes, what I'm saying. he makes like fifty million dollars a year out of China. Well, he goes out of his way to say things. Well, and he has I, to. Well, yeah, well, I meant more of like he hit that show on HBO. Yeah, like he goes out of his way to create, you know, his persona, not just like Michael Jordan. To me, always seemed like he's the butthole off the court, but he brings he brings it to the court. But Michael Jordan had the luxury that do you know, like we didn't find out he was a jerk until decades later. Oh, right. I thought I was always everyone like no no the players knew back then but nobody was going to say something bad about Michael you didn't there oh. weren't there weren't people in post game con- in news conferences going Michael Jordan's the biggest jerk I've ever played against they were like Michael Jordan's the best I don't know. ever I heard that Larry Bird thing well several times before. you do you heard it now but Larry Bird's been retired for oh I'm in, I meant during the deal that's I remember that was kind of the the camp the USA camp always oh had well that. that was because Larry Bird was the greatest before Michael so yeah. he's not gonna he's well, he's, like he's a no I dig it I dig it. But, so. but yeah, if if Michael Jordan was a star now, like we all know, like Kevin Garnett's one of the biggest jerks in the NBA. And we know that now because social media, you know, yeah. there's no secrets anymore. So LeBron has to be the nicest guy ever, but he also has to always put himself out there or he's going to be accused of being. Like, well, yeah, he didn't really do himself any favors. So no, it, the, China it, it, thing nobody, was the China thing was a mess. I, I mean, I can't wait till it comes back again. It's going to come <laughs> back again. So that's the greatest thing. Have you heard it? It went... It, it circled all the way around to esports. It was so big. Oh yeah, it's, uh, it, I mean, it's gonna Blizzard, be one of those things. Blizzard had a Hearthstone player from Hong Kong. Yeah, who was posting, you know, tweets in solidarity. Free, free us, or so they suspended him and took like his career earnings away from him. And it took the Can whole. Can you imagine that phone call? It's like, yeah, we're about to get the check, dog. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, dude, I want to get this money. And then it's like, Ugh. some six hundred thousand yeah. dollars they withheld, yeah. and then. Uh, the Blizzard gaming community was like, "You're not doing that." And they well, got see, so mad China at Blizzard, was that smart. Blizzard what they could have done is they let them pay them, and then it's like, "Hey, you get taxed, man." Sorry, dude. Tax out out the yin yang yeah. there, man. That's a big number that you pay in a communist. I think uh, this was always weird when Yao Ming was a rocket. Is that I, didn't what I, was- even, I didn't even know they got paid money in China. <laughs> I thought it was all just for the party. It was, you know? just, in, it was just in a credit account. Um, Yao Ming. Forty percent of his salary pre-American tax he gave to the Chinese Republic, mm-hmm. People's Republic of China, and so it was weird to me that essentially the rockets were just dunking a check into like communist China, but everyone well, was really thrilled about it like fifteen years ago, and now when we're, well, everyone's doing it in one way or another, now they are. Well, it's now, all about how you tell people how you're doing exactly. it. Exactly, people get pissed. Exactly. So how can people give you money? Uh, they can always just PayPal me. Okay. No, uh, they can actually absolutely go to indieplanet.com. Uh, I also some people don't want to do the sign up thing. Indie Planet to get the digital version, you do have to sign up. Oh, if they want to just, I know I do too. Uh, if you want to just email me, CoreyDLG at gmail.com. Corey I'll, DLG. I'll I'll shoot you the PDF. 
That's my way around the fact that my my last name is complicated. After years of just well, hearing, it sounds like a cool <laughs> DJ name. After he kind of does guys so. like me just mangle especially it. when you sign stuff, he's just a core DLG. DLG. Every mm-hmm. every substitute teacher I've ever had has just gone De La De La, and I'm like, yeah, it's me. DLG. It's me. It's <laughs> DLG. Just DLG. It's fine. Also, every time someone follows me under paperwork, I have to ask them to check the D's, the L's, and the G's because everyone will file it wrong. How they connect it all? Yeah, so yeah, they'll okay. be like, they'll be like, Capital oh yeah, you were under be. LaGuardia here, and I'm like, yeah, not my name. <laughs> That's not me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> Don't take my money. Don't take my money, Blizzard. Yeah. That wasn't me. That wasasn't me. It was someone else. Well, that's one thing. I, the word of the wine to those esports guys: get paid first. Yeah, like, a lot of them wait a long. Like, yeah, uh, well, there I was don't. a there was a bit of controversy about Fortnite where it came out that they pay people like in weird quarterly things. Well, but I believe it. But like, so if you let's say you won a tournament in March, you would have to file your paperwork, and then a quarter would go. So like. March is the end of a quarter, so you couldn't file until the second quarter. So then you file, and then at the end of the second quarter, they do an accounting like 45 days later, and then they start paying people, and they pay them in like in order of filing. So like, well, Yeah, they're, they're totally paying other people off until they get like, oh, yeah. I don't have your money. Sorry, dude. We're waiting on this check from so-and-so, but when we get it, you're next. Yeah, just get paid. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy to me how how the esports thing is like. Oh, they want to. It's picking up. We had those contender esports folks in who opened up a shop on uh, Spring Cypress or Cypress. Uh, Cypress. Yeah, Spring Cypress. Spring Cypress, and it's they were talking about when they when they host tournaments, they have some some organization does it for them, where like when you pay your entry fee, you pay it online, and then they're the ones that pay it out. So it's because they what they what they plan on doing with that industry is there'll be contender esports shops around the United States, and they do like. Same time tournaments, so like, uh, instead so of having in the same, yeah, so almost like online poker, yeah, online. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't really done it with, with like. I, see, that's always wondering to will. me, Sean. Like, you know, they're talking about the the gambling problems in video games today, where you you know you put money for a chest, and that chest has a random like item in it. It's trading cards. Yeah, but like I, I don't really understand how they haven't developed a system where like if I want to play online, play competitively, I can put it, make it like, kind of like bowling. That's what I was telling them. Like people in bowling pay $15 every week for 32 or some amount of time and they get paid out. Why, why, why esports people aren't doing that makes no sense to me. It's like, It'll it'll eventually once if I once play, it's here to stay. It, it, like it took forever for this is going to sound really weird for the copyright law to be updated for the longest time. It was the 1953, 1953 Copyright Act made it all the way through mimeographs, and you were about ten years into the Xerox era before they realized there are different, you know, opening that up. Same thing with uh, you know contracts for the media. It was yeah, we're going to pay you for this film, but we're not going to pay you for the reruns or the DVD. And so, and yeah, it takes a long time for <clears throat> law and for contract to catch up to. Plus, there's there's good ideas in every industry. Uh, like when you hear different groups how they do certain things, you're like, oh well, that's way better than what we're doing. So like for nerd gaming, I think a lot of nerd gaming should follow uh, like the NASCAR model where they apply points every week to the different tournaments, but it's sponsors is where the, the money comes from. Well, NASCAR like, doesn't pay anybody. I think NASCAR pays a very minimal fee. Oh, you won Daytona 500. Here's a $1,000 check. Good job. But it's the sponsors who are like, oh, you won Daytona 500. Here's a million dollars in free Doritos. And it's like, gross. Doritos? Bro, I would a roll mil- around in a Cool mil- Ranch. A million dollars. I mean... I would roll around on so much Oof. Cool Ranch. <laughs> no, I, what I would do is I'd call Taco Bell. I'm like, I got all these Doritos. You want to make some taco shells? And then 
If that's, uh, I don't know how they're made, clearly, but you know, well, I'm, I'm just saying I got I got nachos. 14 tons of Doritos here. They won the Dorito Taco Show, but not the Dorito Nachos. Talk well, about you you missed a golden opportunity there. You know what's weird is their chips are real gross. Yeah, yeah. So you like, think they would be like, hey, this this is a good opportunity mm-hmm. to step our chip game up. Right. But they got to get rid of that first order of chips from 1982 still. So once that one's empty, yeah. someone made that order. mistake adding a couple zeros to yeah. the order, and you're like, oh great, <laughs> what are we, what are we gonna do? do with like, seven metric tons <laughs> of chips. I don't know, man. We're good till 2000. Well, Corey, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, guys, you can buy his comic. Another day at the office. On, uh, we have description and our stuff. Uh, we'll probably get Corey back in because you can clearly tell by the first hour we did not talk about the comic book at all, uh, <laughs> and which is great, which gives you kind of insight what Nerd Thug Radio is, a lot, uh, is about. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful show. It's going to be happening on two p- at 2 p.m. today on Lone Star Community Radio. Also, it's a podcast, so you just subscribe to them on iTunes, Google Play, and other places. And, uh, yeah, you've been listening to Dick and Skippy in the mornings. We'll be back on uh, Wednesday at our normal time, 9 a.m. we got Amy and me coming in. They're uh, local artists who will be performing locally here for, you know, whenever they do. Uh, so they're going to be – they do that. They play at the corner pub, play at other places. We're going to have them in. So you have upcoming concerts. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. You're listening to Dick and Skippy in the mornings. We'll be back on Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock.